ridiculous story and they made a drama of it, you know? Right. They didn't go full retard. Never do. You may make me may, 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 may happy. Hello, and thank you very much for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can download many more episodes at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Uh, this is a revenge review for you, right, Eric? Like, not too long ago, we reviewed Midsommar. I came out hot on that review, automatically gave it a bag of kernels. And you called me out and said that you don't feel that I like A24 films. And I named all the films that I liked. Yeah, maybe I, I uh, was quick to, to point the finger at A24, but uh, it was more maybe just the the type of horror that A24 does, even though that you said you like The Witch, right? I like The Witch, and I can get into that. But some had said that this movie, Hereditary, what we're watching, might be a prequel to The Witch. Sequel. Sequel, prequel? No, because The Witch was like colonial times dude oh excuse me then that's <laughs> like this um that would be interesting if it was different director of course right yes right so yeah today we're talking about hereditary if you listen to the midsummer review eric said uh, that i need to watch the director's first movie so i made a challenge to myself i uh told eric that i will not read anything up i will not watch any trailers I even said when I was searching this on Max, Hereditary 2018, question mark. He went, yep, okay. And I watched it. And then the big scene happens at the end. And I went, oh, I've seen this scene on TikTok. Where she's <laughs> banging her head on the, on, the, on the... Oh, good scene too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that clip. I haven't seen anything else, right? I just see this clip of... You know, uh, remember that one do- uh, that uh, that fake documentary movie? POV movie where they're trying to help out somebody with with Alzheimer's and at the end of the movie the woman turns into the snake creature and she like takes that woman into her mouth oh yeah I know you're talking about I don't know know the name of the movie but that is constantly on rotation on TikTok that and Cobweb and then this scene man I am glad I'm just not on TikTok there is a a world that is just absorbed in, in that world itself and I am just happy I'm not into it. I, I feel like that is such a weird skewed view of, of what life actually is versus that and I see a, I think I catch a lot of it on maybe like a YouTube short of just how the the cringe, the bad stuff of, of TikTok. So I don't know, is is it actually any good for, for movie marketing? I mean obviously it got us to watch Cobweb. It's got us to watch a few things. And of course I've seen a scene like this, right? It's all about the algorithm, you know? If you are searching bad things and whatever you decide those bad things are, you're going to get a lot of bad things. If you search beer and movies, you're going to have a great time. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) I mean, like, I like a lot of the uh, short uh, NFL uh, mic'd up stuff that's on TikTok. See, that's mine. I'm more of that. I'm more of that uh, older millennial TikTok guy. Well, I'm not into the dances. You know, sure. But anyway, hereditary. I kept my promise. I have never seen this movie. Um, didn't know what it was about at all. Didn't know it was about uh, uh, witches, if you will. It, it, you want to call them that? This is a, it's a coven. This is the uh, 
full-length, feature-length directorial debut of the director of Midsummer, Ari Aster. And he also wrote the movie as well, too. So same writer-director as the movie that you gave a bag of kernels to and shaft so promptly on at the beginning of the movie. So I'm excited to talk about this one. Um, I will say off the bat that this is a scotch better than Midsommar. A scotch better, he says. It's a scotch better. I swear, yeah, I if, mean... if you say for uh, that you've seen this before, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to ask no. your receipts here. No, I mean, like, I'm not going to say I've seen this before. I, I, I'm not going to go that that far with it. it. It's just about my taste and flavor. Uh, this did remind me of a movie. This 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 is straight from a Paranormal Activity movie. Okay. This was a plot. This was a plot, right? Was it uh, Paranormal oh, Activity gee, three, 3 or 4? Was it 3 was the best one. I, well, I would say the first one is the best one. No, I think 3 is the best one because it goes back in the 80s. Uh, yeah, it's I like, the VHS, the, yeah. Yeah, I was like, how are they going to do that? And they put it on a rotating uh, fan. But no, it was like either three or four, where that's where the plot of sure all of three. that. Right, where they find out that it's that it's this witch's uh, coven or obscure coven. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good way of putting it. You like that one? You remember that? Remember that, Doc? So, you know, um, I you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Uh, what obscure COVID? No, 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 no. Uh, COVID is uh, it, Google it one day for the fans too. Uh, it was in the early two thousands. It was called uh, American Movie or something. It was these two rednecks in Midwestern America trying to make a witch movie, just to make a witch movie. And the guy was like, "Oh, it's it's called Coven." He's like, "No, it's called COVID." And it was a real documentary. Like it was, it was these real filmmakers documentary these has-beens it's hilarious it's 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 a true doc and he says no it's it's COVID I would say this is again more Ari Aster seems to be going more towards kind of a religious type of thing a religious following in the same beat of Midsummer, where it's a group of people a cult if you will trying to go into their beliefs and doing whatever they need to do to get that accomplished. So according to Wiki and Google, at the end of it, it said, because I was confused about it, it said that it was a witch's coven. Oh, all right then. And that's, and then it, and then, and then it kind of confirmed it for me when he said in the beginning that this is a sequel to witch. It just, it just says coven here, but yeah, I guess, because okay, I would think that, witches, right? I, I'm just well, saying, hey, I'm just saying, naked men aren't usually allowed in a witch's coven, right? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Like, is, isn't a coven, I'm sorry that we're on this right now, but isn't a coven mean like it's, it's a witches or is it a coven, a group of people that believe a, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a group of gathering of witches who, who meet. Yeah. And they, they praise the occult um, or are occult, excuse me. Right. So this is, so yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Jordan. Right. So yeah, you're right then. So why are there men here? I guess men can be witches too. They were wizards. Okay. So Warlocks? Warlocks? Is that what they are? Warlocks? Um Okay, no, no, so it's 2018. You know, we're we're all inclusive then. I, I will say, like I said, the movie is a scotch better, meaning that boy until the surprise twist in the middle or late beginning, um, I was bored out of my mind. 
I will definitely say that. Different than Midsommar, where the first 10 minutes gets your attention. It grabs your attention, right, with that suicide, right? It grabs your attention. Oh, what is going on here, right? With this movie, it has a pretty shot. The movie is cute to look at. Yeah, I guess you would say, right? Because it starts out in this attic, camera pans around, and there's these miniatures, and it zooms in and it zooms in, and it was the transition from miniature to real life, if you will, was fluent. It was beautiful. Yeah. And what I mean is the camera pans into this dollhouse, right, people? And clearly there's somebody sleeping in the bed, and the camera gets closer and closer and closer, and the person moves and in walks dad, kind of like a stage scene. And, yes. like, it was just fluid. It looked great. It, it looked great. But I'm not going to know any of the characters' names. But moms, okay, so we got mom, dad, brother, sister, and grandma dies. Yeah, movie starts with the the death of the grandma grandma dies and right off the bat mom does the eulogy and says i didn't expect to see so many people here she didn't say this word but my mom was kind of like a recluse or she was kind of private or whatever yeah so now now i watch the movie i'm like oh okay i see why mom was private at the end at the beginning of the time i don't know i didn't like the mom not until the end uh, Annie is her name, played by Tony Collette. I didn't like her. How do you not like Tony Collette? She was fantastic in this movie. I didn't like her until, to you know, till the big stuff happens. I I, I thought she was very um, Shelley Duvall and shiny. Jordan, I don't want to be. Don't take this, I guess, please as as a as a jab at you or anything please. like that. But is it is it come to a point with these types of movies where are they you want it to be colored by numbers here you do you need your hand held the kind of for this entire part uh do you need to be force fed because these are same with midsummer it gave kind of a vague opening this one even more so where it gave you an opening of of a newspaper clipping of the obituary and then mm-hmm. after that you were off to the races where it was the funeral in the mm-hmm. eulogy and the random people at the eulogy, and you get small details from here on out until that that midpoint twist, that half an hour twist in. Mm-hmm. Okay, and everything about it has me as a person who looks in the background, who looks in the corners of the movie to try to find that extra piece to piece things together. I'm trying to solve the mystery. I'm wondering, uh, and I'm listening to every detail. So when Annie says something, oh, I'm surprised that more people are in here. And with a movie called Hereditary, it's building up for the misdirect that this grandmother, this this person who had passed away, who I gotta find her name. I'm it's gonna it's gonna kill me. Uh that she has some mental issues. That her family had mental issues, and she had passed that on to her daughter Annie who seems to have mental issues, who seems to be kind of, has some sort of trauma and doesn't know how to deal with it in in some parts or another. And yeah, the entire time I'm thinking, okay, well, that's something to do with that. And then you get other details, like in the movie, about how the daughter is just very weird. Off. From from the very start. And it, it triggers me, even when the daughter Charlie is her name, 
played by uh, Millie Shapiro, who, when she's going up to her grandmother in the ca- in the casket, and you get a quick shot of people really looking very eerily at her with a big smile, a big grin on their faces. I'm like, ooh, that's, that's kind of creepy. It lets me know that something is off with this daughter, with this girl. Right, and they're all wearing the same necklaces, too. The the grandmother and all the all these other people at the funeral. So I and Annie, what, the, yeah, Annie. So I hear what you're saying slash your question. You and I are two different people. Um, I guess I am so arms folded at at movies like this because in the early mid two thousands they tried to make movies like this and they sucked. And I'm not going into this movie thinking, oh, I've been there, done that kind of thing for this one. I think this movie is better than Midsommar. I think the acting's better. I think the story's better. Sure. But it, it, it just doesn't it just doesn't get me, meaning that it, it, it doesn't make me feel any which way. It made me feel which ways when things start to turn. And I'll describe that later. Um, Ellen is the, the grandmother's name. Ellen? Ellen is, yeah, okay. the lady who died. No, it's just, it's just right now I am not mad at this point. I am not, uh, right. you know, we I'm know. not, I'm not, it's not that I'm not following along. I'm just like, <sighs> okay, hey, Are you just happen? kind of getting impatient because you know that this is the build? This is. Yeah, this is the build and, and maybe, which is kind of funny because I'm contradicting myself because I love movies like Blade Runner. You know, and like the it, shining that it's too slow. slow of a burn for you. Yeah, but but then but then I shouldn't like Blade Runner and Shining though. If if that, right? Yeah, I guess Shining has a bit more of uh that that familiar plot where it's just like, oh, secluded family going into a remote hotel and say, Okay, I'm down to see what's going on here and then yeah, it does get into slow burn. Blade Runner, I'm telling you right now, I fell asleep twice yeah, ever... in both versions of it. Uh, as beautiful as that movie is, but again, that's teach teach their own. This, I I feel like because again we have seen so many uh, horror movies that I'm trying to, I'm trying to guess what's going to happen next already, because How about- we've seen many horror movies and it feels like in in horror, it's there's there's a not that big of a box that you can go into, it, it, as far as ideas. You know, it's sure. there's there's a lot of okay. So are we going supernatural? Are we going you know? Are we going monster? Are we going killer? Like okay, it was zombie. So okay, take that box out, and then we have the rules in that box in that in that sure. subcategory, and then I can go down that route. What this movie played with was misdirection, and so I'm thinking the entire time that it's going to be it's going to be Annie. It's going to be her going crazy, and boy, was I wrong. Um, Were you? I'll tell you why. is because as Ellen had passed, and the movie progresses a bit more into the awkwardness that is Charlie, the 13-year-old daughter, and all of the things that she is just doing real creepy. Yeah, she cuts heads off dead birds. I mean, she's drawing weird things in her notebook, She's playing and tinkering with toys. She's antisocial to a point. And then she just kind of looks off as well, too. She just obviously doesn't look anywhere near the family. She's making weird clicking noises. And she, 
Yeah, I know. She's something wrong with her mouth, her teeth. Yeah, well, she's just kind of messed up, you know, but she does that kind of a yeah. noise all the time. And it it's just kind of weird. She seems to um, love her grandma, Ellen, a lot more than any more of her family members. And so this death really, really messes with her. We'll find out later why, of course. Yeah, I want to I wanna talk about that, but then I don't because I wanted to make sure that I understood it right. And um, I guess my question is to be coy. That's not really Charlie, right? Yeah. After we had the end of the movie, we kind of can piece together that, oh, that... The like, entire time or at, I mean, like at birth, that was not Charlie? He, correct. Her, her, her entire time, it was not For Charlie. For 13 years, that was not Charlie. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie never existed. And this is where the details come in because I didn't realize before all the things that Annie, Tony Collette, had been saying, who what I thought was more of a reflection of her going into her psychosis, into her dementia, or, or whatever issue that she was having, is actually a reflection onto what Ellen was talking about. So we get these but parts. this was a plan. Yeah, it really was. Like it's You could tell that Ari Aster probably wrote backwards on this one. And I would say, right, because 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 this was a plan. That's why I asked, right? It, yes, this was a, this whole thing. How this turned out was a plan. Yeah. So uh, what she say? Okay. So Ellen became very sick or very ill at the end. And she had her, like, did they move into her house or she moved into their house and took care I, of her and until I the think, end of days? Well, she had that tree house. And Charlie always hung out in the treehouse. In fact, that could have been their house. That was their house. Uh, that because, was their house. Yeah. Because there was the room that they weren't going into. That it was her mother's room. Right. Right. And that she kept locked. Remember, it was open. And yeah, she was kind of freaked out about. It. And we get a little, little sequences of scares to start. And the thing that I liked was it's these these little bump of the night scares. So the first one, mm -hmm. I think, was when Annie's still grieving, still very much fresh from her mother's death, not even like a weekend. She's in her miniature room, and she turns off the light, and she sees a figure of her mom standing in the corner. Right. Ooh. I, I've done that too many times where you walk into a dark room, and you're just, you know, or you hear a noise, and you're like, well, what, what the hell was that? And, you know, turn on the light. Oh, it's okay, nothing. And... She obviously shrugs it off, goes to bed with her husband. Gabriel Byrne, by the way, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen. I've seen this guy a hundred times. Of course you have. You've seen Cool World. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> He's obviously been in other stuff, but we know him from, yeah, I know him from, from that. Um, I will tell you the moments later in the review at, at that that made me not scared. This movie did not scare me. Um, this And... I'm not trying to say that because, oh, I'm a big guy, you know, like not that, right? I want to make this clear. Like it didn't scare me because I was, I've always been the person, Eric, and you know this, where I want to know how it's happening. Yeah. Well, that's kind you of what, what the I mean? detail in this movie is, is to right. make you think right, uh, a, a bit more of it, right? So yeah, she goes to bed and she's, again, having issues She's uh, lying to her husband about saying that she's going to the movies when she's really going to grief counseling. And yeah. he, here I think we get the first big drop is when she's in the circle and she admits 
her family history, that her mom had some issues, right, and eventually died of, uh, well, whatever her, her ailment was or her sickness. Um, and then she talks about her family, about how her dad was a kind of a what schizophrenic and died by starving himself. Right. And then her brother was unwell too, thinking that, believing that his mom was trying to put bodies into him. And so he hung himself. Mm -hmm. Dark past. And then also it reflects her current relationship because I did not believe their marriage at all. He was so, (laughs) these two did not love each other at all. I always felt like the dad was always in the corner going, but really though, you know what I mean? Stuff from from each other so she's doing that and he's also keeping from her because um soon after that they bury ellen her mother he gets notifications right from the cemetery saying that the gravesite has been defiled right and he doesn't say anything to her which is weird i don't know why he's not yeah i i guess he we don't have a clear motive why? i think he Even recognizes that She's not in a, a stable place. Yeah, but why would he automatically assume that his wife digs up? Spoiler alert, she doesn't, but why, though? He why doesn't does he assume automatically... that, that she's digging it up. He's He just doesn't tell her. He just doesn't know what to make of it, but realizes, like, all right, well, I, I, we'll deal with this later. Kind of a thing. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I have seen this actor. Every time I see him, I do smile because it's a familiar face, but I just don't like him in this movie. He was just always, he was the skeptic, right? He was, he was me, right? He was, he was that guy in the corner just like, dude, take a pill and go to sleep. You know, like he didn't believe anything that was going on. Well, yeah, this was kind of a lame role for him, especially because he's used to playing like villains, like Mm -hmm. in uh, what, Usual Suspects, uh, End of Days. He was Satan. Yeah, or uh, Stigmata. Have you seen that one? Yep. I, I I knew what Stigmata was because of the movie Stigmata. So now when my wife goes to church and they talk about it, I know what it is because of the movie. Man in the Iron Mask, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to talk about the big one, right? Let, let's get into the big one. We've gone on for a little bit here. So the big one is Peter, right? Peter's the, the, the brother? It's yes. Peter? Peter. I've seen this actor before, haven't I? Oh yeah, we we have seen him. We reviewed him before. He was in old. He was in Pig, where he's going to be in Oppenheimer that, that we've uh, we're going to be reviewing here soon. He was in uh, Jumanji, the next the new Jumanji movies. So he already has his golden headphones then. Yeah, he's he's been in a lot of movies. Yes, yeah, yes, he has. Do you know that not a single celebrity has said uh, has written us a thank you after I send them spray paint gold headphones? I yeah, right, because they they know that we're too big for them. I I really hope that people that are listening don't actually think I do that, <laughs> but for the sake of the show. Anyway, um, so Peter is 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 I get dweeb vibes from this guy, hundred percent. He's just dweebing, right? Well, and, yeah, it's it's kind of what the character is, right? And then he like, what's this? What's the scene before the party and the twist? When he was smoking weed, was it? No, it was after that. No, well, was it was sweet. it was before that too, because he's in he his was room smoking, in just packing up a bong of what looks like some some Mexican brick, to be honest, some some brown downtown 
you know, herb Crap there. weed. Yeah, whatever the hell. I'm not here to judge. Uh, well, I am because we're Movie Guys podcast and we're literally judging the movie. Anyway. <laughs> but, again, throughout this sequence, we're getting little hints of of something else happening. Mm-hmm. We're getting Charlie walking out to the field after cutting off the pigeon's head and seeing people from a distance observing her and doing mm-hmm. a creepy smile kind of a thing. And we see this guy, Peter, smoking out of his window, getting a text message. And I don't know if you noticed, but the outside shot of him uh, when he was smoking, somebody was smoking back. Someone else blew some smoke back here, too. Yeah, yeah, again, there's yeah. details everywhere in, in this yeah. movie. and It caused me to go back again to kind of do a, a second skim watch and really in taking all of it, especially the foreshadowing. And we'll get to this scene here, but in the classroom when he's checking out uh, the girl in front of him and the teacher calls on him, before he does, the teacher says, as he's explaining in the story the assignment, blah, 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 and then you hear the excerpt, you know, blah, and then the flaw of our hero will be ultimately his downfall as the guy is checking out the girl's butt there, basically, mm-hmm. which then we cut to the party and he's chasing that girl's tail and that ends up being his downfall. Right, right. So he so he wants to go to a party, but mom and mom Annie's like, you know, take Charlie with you. Right? They right like He makes just, up a lie saying that it's for school. When right, he's gonna put take yeah, Charlie with you. But and she's like, Oh well if it's for school then you can go ahead and take your your sister with you. And he's right. like, Well fine, whatever the hell. And he goes to this party, and it's it's not a part. It's a party, but it's not right. It is, but it was not a party that I went to. My parties were bangers compared to that. That looked like a pretty banging party, man. I don't really? know how many parties were baking cakes while other people were drinking and smoking. I'm just saying, like, yeah, it looked, everybody it was, was a nice house. It looked like it was a happening yeah. party. It was definitely not like the party like and talk to me. No, yeah, that was a good party. I was that's my kind that of party. That was a riot, I think. That was a that was a that's the, scene. We all know my choice of clubs, that's the kind of parties I like. So um <laughs> so uh <laughs> his sister's there and and uh of 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 course she has a nut allergy, right? She eats a cake, right, and it has nuts in or whatever, and she's she's Freaking out because she had a nut allergy. Yes, and she goes into anaphylactic shock there. Right, which knowing what I know about the ending, I'm calling this BS, just so you know. What, that she has a nut allergy? Yeah, 100%. I I will explain it to you uh, as far as the ending goes. It it makes perfect sense to me. That she has a nut allergy? Yeah. You're, You're thinking... That because of of her condition here, uh, of what we know from the ending, right? That that, that she's would, some sort of divine immortal being. When really that's not the case. They're just they're just a host. They're just the, the carrier. Yeah, I know. It's, that. it's like get out. Right, I get it. Like they're still there. Still... So she's she's still she's she's still Charlie. She just happens to have a. Little partner with her, she doesn't have a head anymore. That's the twist that freaked me out. So yeah. they're in a car. He's driving. This was set up, right? This was set up. So he's he's driving along. He can't really see. It's kind of foggy out, and she's 
you know, freaking out because not sure she is. She can't breathe. She can't breathe. So she sticks her head out the window to get some air. I'm assuming to get air. Yep. And there's a dead animal. I'm assuming a dead deer in the middle of the road. And he swerves real quick to miss the deer. And there's the telephone pole and boom off with her head. I was like, whoa. Yeah. She was 13. Yeah. Whoa. I hope yeah. that car wasn't liability only. Ooh, um, baby, that was that came out fast and quick, baby. Nowhere. So, of course, I perked up, right? I perked up, and I was like, oh, okay, okay. I'm bouncing. I'm like, okay, something's going to happen. You know, like, I'm excited. And what I do praise is Peter's acting, right, the the, well, the actor. But um, I don't think that he realizes she's beheaded. Or maybe he does because he doesn't turn He's and look shock. behind. He's an absolute. He's in shock. Yeah. He doesn't turn and look that she's beheaded. He he just kind of he kind of looks in the rearview mirror. He adjusts a little bit. So I don't know if that's his he, confirmation. He kind of glances and then he just I think he mutters to himself something like "You're you're all right," you know, as he's like gripping the wheel, and he doesn't know what to do. He's he is obviously right. just frozen. Everything that every human being who's ever been in a car accident has done, right? that tense white knuckle grabbing the wheel, and then you get get your bearings, right? And then you slowly take your foot off the brake, you know, as you come back, you know what I mean? I don't know. So my question is, is it doesn't matter. It's not like the, it's, it's, it's not like the end or be all with the movie, but do you think that he saw that she was beheaded because he's oh, he in knew. shock and then he drives home? Yeah, no, he, he obviously knew it, it, but again, shock does weird things uh, like, uh, it's reported that when survivors of a plane crash, like remember from a, from like a live or something like that, when the first thing that they do is look for their luggage. It's really? shock. It you go into the first thing survival you, mode. Not That's even just survival. that. Almost like to for safety, mm-hmm. you react as if you would just carry on with the normal thing. The next thing, which is what I think the dad does as well, too, in this. Yeah, he yeah he kind of not gives a crap for a little bit. I, I but again, he doesn't know how to react. Everyone is just in that b- big of a shock, and you just try to try to push forward in right in hopes that some sort of normalcy will be the thing that you grip onto a bit more. I think that this might be one of my favorite parts, and again, I will never. Uh, not praise Tony Collette enough. She is a fantastic actress, and so this part <laughs> when Peter drives home very slowly, and you can just tell, even like the way that he pulls up the car is just kind of like that slow, and just this this haunting kind of gate up to the door, and just. I hope walking. I don't get in trouble. I, I think he he knows exactly, but it's just like a denial. Right. He doesn't he doesn't want to wake anyone up because he knows what it is and so maybe just holding on to this last bit of this of this night before the chaos erupts before the volcano explodes he walks up to his room and just falls into bed doesn't fall asleep no he's staring into nothing and i will so i told you and i wanted you to hear me right i said i didn't like the beginning of this movie right but this this but this decapitating scene i'm perking up right and the actress, Anne, who, 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 I'm sorry, but Anne, the mom. Uh, Tony Collette. He's, he's, Tony Collette. So Peter is laying on the bed, staring into nothing, and then the, then the sound happens. The sound change happens, and you hear the wails of a grieving mom. 
and it gets soft and it gets louder and louder and louder. And then it cuts to an insect ant infested severed head of Charlie on the side of the road. That looked great, by the way. I liked how the one eye was messed up and the, and the nose and the mouth was a little messed up. It looked great. And then it cuts to the parents' bedroom and the mom's on all fours, just rocking back and forth, just writhing in pain. And it's like, we've all heard that at one point, right? Like, that's... That's just, a mother's scream right there. Like, the, that was... the way that it was done where, yeah, you see Peter just laying in bed, and they don't show it. They don't show no. the, the car. You just hear the sounds of normal in the morning. You know, all right, bye, honey, have a good day. And then walking out to the car, you know, and then you just hear that, that just like you said, that, that shriek, that shrill mm -hmm. of, of her just, oh, man, I, I thought it was fantastic. It was and, great acting. Yeah, and... Yeah, all the, the the scenes of her going from from lowering her down into the ground mm -hmm. at the funeral, cutting to the bedroom, all mm -hmm. these things. Foreshadowing, by the way, too, of Tony Collette when she's rocking back and forth on all fours to what happens later yeah. on at the end of the movie. The end of the movie, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I I think it was just a fantastic. Ah, oh, God, I love Tony Collette. She she yeah, this, puts this goosebumps on my face. It, she always makes me cry in Sixth Sense too. By the way, so. She was in Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense? Really? Yeah. Makes you cry? Her acting in Sixth Sense does, huh? Do you know the scene I'm talking about in Sixth Sense when Haley Joel Osment finally confesses to her in the car that he sees dead people? Yeah. And he tells the story of her mother. Oh, yeah. And, you know... uh uh, what's just that? Uh, I see dead people, you know, and he tells the story about the pendant or the pin right. or whatever the, the brooch or whatever the hell it is. And yeah. she's just on the, the brink of tears kind of a thing. And, uh, you know, so grandma tells me that she wanted me to tell you something. She said every day, you know, what was it that she said to you, mommy? And she's just choked up just, you know, in realization. And she's just right. tries to really beautifully acted by the way and she says do i make you proud and just the way that she says that oh mm -hmm. it's fantastic yeah no yeah i, I get choked okay. up with that it's a okay. very emotional scene for such um you know a, a good movie as that was fair enough i thought yeah i thought you would say the scene of uh of uh, the the daughter that was poisoned by her mom but you know no that wasn't emotional that's just that's just scary stuff all right. Well, yeah, that was a good point. So um, going back on emotions, I, I praise at this point. Okay, Jordan's into it. Why is Jordan into it? Because st stuff is happening. Something crazy happened. The crazy daughter is now decapitated, and now they have to bury another loved one. So now the family's broken up, essentially, right? And then we get another scene, not right off the bat, but we get another scene uh, in between where they're having dinner. And, and, and of course, to bring light to this moment, anytime there's a family spat and there's dinner, it always brings me to Will Ferrell and SNL, I drive a Dodge Stratus. <laughs> sure. You know, and they're sitting there and they're not eating, but you hear the scrapes of the plate and the forks, you know. And her acting on this was good too. Like she let that out. She's like, listen to me, swear word for the show. Listen to me, you little shit or something like that. Like she laid into her son. Like, I know you did something like as an act, like it was an accident. You didn't intend this, but it was still your fault, and you got to own up to this and I, all that kind of stuff. I kind of it's it's hard for I'm sure 
But yeah, the way that she is just like, I know it's an accident, but just the way that you handled it, the way that you just didn't take any accountability for it, the way you just didn't come in and, and, and treat it like an emergency, the way right. you just let it happen overnight and just went to bed like it was nothing. Didn't tell us. Yeah, like that has got to be, what'd she say? That face on your face. You make that, that face, face on your face. on your face. <laughs> yeah, that was a good line. I don't think that was, li- I, I think that was scripted. I think, I think that whole little segment of hers was just, yeah. I think the director was like, just yell at him. The way that she's letting it out, the way that she's really just, just venting to the point. But the same part, you could still almost feel that she's not saying all of it. She right, she's yeah. giving she's she, holding she, back. She yeah she because you know that the real the real punch is gonna hurt, which we oh. hear later on. Well, so, wait, what was the, what was the punch? So remember, she talks about sleepwalking. Yeah, and she said that in one of the counselings that she. One time that she went sleepwalking and she woke up. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Yep. And we get to yeah. see that that another part when she's sleepwalking. Yeah, she's, yeah. yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Yeah, because I want to talk about another uh, actress we haven't talked about yet. But yeah, there's a scene where uh, Peter's dreaming or she's dreaming or something like that. And she walks in the room and she was like, uh, I was pregnant with you. And I tried everything I could to have an abortion. She said, I never wanted to be your mother or something like that. And then she yeah. quickly puts a hand over her mouth like... Why did I yeah, just that say a, that type of thing? That was and, a good one. That was a good one. Let's talk about Joanne, uh, one movie away from getting the golden headphones. Um, of course, I know her from uh, Handmaid's Tale. Yep. But last time we reviewed this actress was Exorcist Believer earlier this year. That's right. And now she's here again playing another role that she plays in Handmaid's Tale, this this motherly older woman that you think is here for you, but... She's like a member of the HOA and parent club, but really, she eats you. Not not in this movie. I'm just saying. Like, I mean, she 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 claims uh, she she doesn't claim that she knows Anne's mom. She doesn't. She she just says, "Hey, um, I did this thing, and this the seance to talk to my grandson or whatever, and I want to teach you how to do this." Well, she yeah, she first accidentally on first. purpose runs into her at the grief counseling thing saying that she lost her her grandson and son yeah i think and tried to to open that connection with her uh and establish some sort of friendship and they talked for a bit and r- really tried to i don't know bond over the grief that they were both experiencing and then the next time we see her right uh, and it's trying to continue with her miniature uh, project, which, by the way, she's pressured from day one on the, from the movie here to meet a deadline, which I think was pretty fun. I find it funny that she did the uh, the the accident scene of the telephone pole. Yeah, you could I again. That was so interesting. A lot of these parts, even up to to this part too, when. Um, Joan is her name. Tries oh, Joan, to, not Joanne. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, tries to get her into the into the seance thing. Although I think the first secret of it was when Anne said that her floor mat was like, "Oh my, my mother used to do these." And it's like, "Well, okay, another detail saved in the bank." There. Yeah. Um, was uh, 
that uh, again she's she tried to do the the whole séance thing, right? Um and Anne is trying to go back to normal, but I thought again her trip down to insanity was this was a good sign of it. Her making a miniature of the accident. Like, geez, this this lady's is losing it. And yeah, she's I, going Looney Tunes. This yeah. is where my my misdirect was was because after Charlie had died, Anne has just lost it. She's she's yeah, lost it gone. onto Peter. Yeah, exactly. She's she's going cocoa bananas here. And uh so the seance with Joe. The seance. So now, knowing what we know, which we're getting into soon, was this seance a ruse? Meaning that, I'm not saying that it didn't happen. That uh, it obviously it happened. What I'm saying is that, was this, was this, was this a MacGuffin just to make us think it was something else going on, but actually not? No, I think this is standard practice in the coven. Right, but... Is the movie lying to us and saying that that there's a possession going on when we know what we know at the end? No, I I don't think that there's possession. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I think that Charlie's death. I don't know if it was accidentally on purpose, if it was just a happy accident. Um, although I have a theory about it at the end here. Too. I have a theory too. I. Yeah, I probably have the same theory. You I think do. yeah, I think we're on the same page with that. But when they talk about how, um, I I think that Peter was the target all along. Mm-hmm. And um, again, Anne makes more as the movie progresses and her going into her her crazy town uh, kind of a bit more and more. I think the big part of it was when. She talked about how she didn't, she, when she was pregnant with Peter and Ellen moved in, that she had such a horrible relationship with her mom that there was a no contact rule. Remember that Steve, Mm -hmm. the husband, said, okay, no contact. And so there would be no contact between her, Annie, between Ellen and her first son, her only son, Peter. But then when Charlie came along, Charlie and Ellen, were inseparable that mm-hmm. they were and and that was something there there was another detail okay backlog in the head where i'm saying okay and really in this movie because i'm trying to absorb every detail because i'm not sure where it's going i'm still thinking in my guess that annie is is going to be the one that that goes crazy and then something's going to go full circle but i'm mm-hmm. waiting for that circle to connect still Right, right. So now here comes the big end, right? I mean, there's little scenes here and there, but the big end that I really want to talk about, it's not really the spoiler yet, but Annie goes into her mother's belongings, and we find out that Joan knows Grandma, knows Mom. Yeah. And there's all these photos of all these older people, not younger people, but all these older people wearing the same kind of design necklace, right? Yep. Um, and they all have the same kind of doormats, like something's going on, right? Yeah. And is this where she goes into the attic and then this is where she completely changes or did she go up the attic? No. Yeah. yeah, Oh yeah. Okay. So hold on, hold on, hold on. We go cut to school when she's finding the stuff out 
and a great scene of Peter kind of like tweaking. And he like raises his hand all weird, like take my strong hand, right? He raises his <laughs> hand all weird, right? Yeah. Which I don't understand that. Was he getting possessed? I don't understand that. Knowing what I know, I, I'm not yes. getting that part. Okay, so everything as everything that we had seen that you were questioning it is connected in some way. His hand going like that and with the bent wrist and kind of con- contorted like yeah. that matches the statue at the end. Okay, in- but how did he get possessed, right? Because always in these kind of possession movies, you you say or you do something to get possessed. Yep. So this is this is the the coven actually working. We should just spoil the ending so we can talk about yeah, let's talk theories and like that. We Go find on. out later on that um and uh, through this seance that she's kind of opened up a a door and we're thinking like okay so supernatural level on this part too and she's just getting more crazy and crazy uh, as the, the time goes on peter's tweaking as well too steve doesn't know what the hell to do and the moment when he tries to write an email uh to a colleague saying that hey Anne's completely lost it he gets a call because peter had an episode of bashing his head in at the desk he takes him uh, home. He finds Annie just freaking out completely, saying that it's the, the journal that she was using as a... Charlie. Charlie was writing this journal. Yeah, too. writing the journal, saying that, oh, you know, spouting all this crazy stuff that, oh, we got to destroy the journal because whatever that Sans did let something in. She tries to burn the journal, ends up burning Steve instead, right? And then we find out that um, the that Ellen was the queen matriarch or queen leader of this coven and this entire time they were trying to what rebirth or repossess the 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 king the of the king, leader king pi, pi, prima prima yeah king I, i'll look up the name uh, king uh payman king payment which is a demon i'm assuming yeah and looking for a new host, which is that blue light that we kind of see throughout the movie mm-hmm. is this kind of the journey host of, or this journey spirit. That's really just trying to do that. And so we find that uh, after a while, um, everyone's dead except for Peter who would become most world. And then he gets possessed by the King and, you know, it goes, over the, comes. goes over the treehouse where the ritual is complete, and that's how the movie ends. He wears a uh, a crown, and he's, you know, praised as the new, the new, uh, born king. Right, and there's a lot of stuff in between that we love to talk about. Like one of the things we find out is that the king wants to take the form of a male, so the king took. Charlie's soul when she was born. That's why she was all messed up all the time, right? Because she was possessed by this demon her whole young life, right? For 13 years. That's why I think that they found the perfect opportunity. I think the I think that the uh, coven planted that deer there for him to swerve. I think this was not a happy accident. I don't I think, think that was a plan. Well, I think it was because at the end, when Peter goes into the treehouse and we we see the full ritual uh, of everyone kind of plays, uh, we see Joan hearing her kind of recite some sort of, I don't know, hymn or whatever, saying, give us the gift of your foresight. Give us, you know, and so I think that through their 
their following of this king, who is a king of hell of some sort, right? A demon king of hell is, right. is kind of what the thing is. Is that I'm wondering if through whatever rituals that they were doing, they were told to, to kind of do these things. That's why, because the telephone pole had the sign on it. It had the sign on it, too, but then I'm also wondering, too, and this is a crazy thing that could not be true, but maybe the nut allergy that Charlie was having rewoke the king in her and was like, I want out of this body. Let's do something. I don't know. I, I think it was it was more just like, a again, the plan. It was a plan. Yeah. So, so okay, so educate me on this. Okay, so now, now here comes my questions, and this is the part that I love about the movie, right? So Peter's upstairs. His nose is broken. Mom and dad fight, and she's just like, she's like to her husband, we got to burn this book. We got to burn this book. You know, we got to burn this book. I'm saying it again. We gotta burn this book. Gotta burn the book. I let the demons in. I'm sorry. I said said it for four times for some reason. And um, one more time, you summon the Bloody Mary. I'm not doing that. So because it's real. So then, husband gets the book, and she has a great scene. Was like, you know, I love you. You know, she kisses him on the lips. You know, and he's gonna burn the book, and he's like, I'm not gonna burn the book. And she grabs it. She throws it in the fire. Why does he? Again, listen to this. She throws the book in the fire. He's standing outside of the fire in the living room, and he gets engulfed by flames. Why? Because you cannot burn the book of Necronomicon? I, you know, like, wh- like why Why does he get engulfed? Because they needed him to die? I Yeah. Right? I mean, why, though? Like, I mean, do they explain that? Not necessarily. I, I think this is really... a. I don't know if you want to put this up into witchcraft uh, because the book is marked in some way, or if you want to go back to her pouring paint thinner or lighter fluid on it again um, and her having some sort of weird delusion. Okay. I, 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 either way he's, he's burned alive. Okay. So then this, so this King possesses her then, or is she just possessed by just whatever? It doesn't matter. It feels like she was possessed, right? Because as she was in horror, then suddenly that blue shock happens and she kind of recoils back a bit. She coils, and then the greatest scene in the movie happens, in my opinion. Not the headbanging scene. The greatest scene in the oh, movie. The greatest shot. Hold on, before we get there, because, again, there's are so many details in this movie that were right. just like, mm-hmm. because... All of this, and, and I, again, I was where I thought the misdirection was is because while I'm concentrating on Annie going into her crazy town, mm-hmm. the whole ritual and coven thing is happening all in the background, everywhere in the background, whether it be the tink, uh, the uh, the toy trinkets that Joan has in her house, whether it be mm-hmm. that floor mat that she has that we find out uh, how much of a connection Ellen actually has, whether it be the people smiling all wearing the same charm pendants, Mm-hmm. The um, big one, or a few ones that I re- remember that I had to rewind for, is do you remember when Annie couldn't sleep? And so the first few nights she went into the uh, treehouse. Yeah. And there was another time when her and Steve had a, had a bit of a uh, kind of a, a spat a little bit more, where she's mm-hmm. just, you know, all right, hey, I'm. I'll be right back. And he's like, no, you're not. You're taking the blanket with you. She's like, well, I'm just going to go to the treehouse. You know, I, I just need to sleep kind of a thing. Uh, and he's just like, all right, we'll turn the heat on. Did you notice that there was the light underneath the door? 
All the lights are off in the house. Right, but there's light underneath the door in the bedroom. So she leaves, and then in the neighboring room, there's a light underneath the door, and you can hear the chanting of the people. Oh, don't you? Oh, oh, really? Yeah, okay, exactly. So they're in the house. They're in the house. Oh yeah, they're all around the house. Um, the part when he takes the pills, I think that might have been actually uh, the 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 sleeping pills. Um, mm-hmm. That might have been a part of it, uh, too. But yeah, uh, or the um, the names etched into the walls. Right. The, those little sh- shots yeah. of, of those. Yeah. I was like, what the hell are those? What do those mean? What do those mean? Those are like the incantation, the spells that were um, kind of written throughout the or all the house. I think Joan had made a mention to it as well, too, that these are the, the words. Oh, remember she says that all your family has to hold hands and make sure they're all in the house. She doesn't say the room. She says the house. Yeah, because cause they're because... What we find out is before the dad gets burned and before Anne gets possessed is um, she goes up to the attic and there's flies everywhere. Hate the fly thing, by the way, because of the bad CG. It wasn't good. Yeah. You know, but at this point, who cares? Right. And then she finds her headless mother. Why is her mother headless? I don't know. But right, yeah. but that's her mother. That's not her daughter. That's 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 not Charlie, right? Um, that's the, the mother that's because grandma. it was who she was dug up. She was dug up. They cut off her head, and they were doing rituals up there. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's pictures there, and also uh, the part when uh, Joan, uh, I'm sorry, where Annie tries to go to Joan when she's again, she's completely losing it. But we're at a part right now where we're, we're thinking. Oh, I think she finds the mats, and and she tries to to knock on the door. Joan, Joan, you there? And the camera cuts back to well, the ritual that was going on in Joan's house. The mm-hmm. black triangle that's on her table that matches the floor in Ellen's room. Mm-hmm. The pictures right. of Peter on there, and knowing that it's it's the Peter's the target here. Um, what are some other great details? Oh, so the transitions that we got to see maybe like two or three different times where there is the outside view of the house that went from night to day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed, but every time that had it had done that, somewhere in the background or in the yard, there was something new. There was a detail there. The biggest one, the biggest one you'll notice is that when um, the daytime shop going tonight after Steve is burned, it goes uh, and Annie gets what we call possessed. The shot of the house is goes from daytime to nighttime, and when it goes to nighttime, that shot of when at nighttime, you'll see all the naked bodies outside of the house, all the people who oh, are there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. So these uh, the movie is just covered in these little details. A little bit different than Midsummer, I would say. Yeah. Um, for in the party, there on the TV there there is a decapitation scene of and the oh at the at the party the party at, with Charlie at the party oh. with, with the Charlie. Yeah. So obviously foreshadowing what's going to happen with Charlie, even though she cuts off the pigeon's head uh, later on, and she writes in her Ed's book, the pigeon is wearing a crown, much like how Peter is wearing a crown at the end as well. Mm-hmm. So. I want to talk about my favorite scene, but before I do that, though, I just want to make sure that I have this plot clear. So Grandma is queen of this coven of witches, and they want to get together. I'm just I'm just putting words in their mouths at this point, right? Mm-hmm. They want to get together and raise from hell King Parma or whatever, this 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 demon king. 
Yep, the summoner of uh, payment will receive wealth and reward. So grandma wants, grandma and her coven want to be wealthy. And rewarded. And rewarded, kind of like the plot of paranormal on that one right i'm not comparing i'm just saying it's 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 the same thing at that point right yeah uh it's the same thing it gives them some purpose yeah right so okay so grandma says to this to this coven of witches hey uh we want to be wealthy so i have a daughter so let's you know let's let's bear a child so she has Peter doesn't want Peter because I bet she realizes, of course, she tells stories that her mom screwed up, her family screwed, her dad is screwed up, like her brother hung himself, ah, like everybody screwed up. Another detail on that too: her brother, uh, Ellen's first son, hung himself because his mom tried to put people in him. Right. So his that mom means that tried she to tried possess to... him first. Right. Right. So this has happened before. Like this. Well, not this has happened before. This was attempted before and they failed. This is their second attempt. Right. This would be the third, right? I've tried. I've worked on Charlie, and then they're doing it on Peter. Well, yeah, okay. Well, well that we've yeah. that we've seen. I'm sure that maybe right. it's happened before. Right. So they're like, "Hey, oopsie doopsies, we failed." And gets pregnant again, has Charlie. So then they do a ritual behind the scenes, and uh, Charlie's possessed by this demon king yes. for 13 years, and then Charlie gets beheaded. Charlie's dead out of the picture. So now the real target is Peter because the Demon King wants to be male. Male host, yes. That's the only reason for all of this. My favorite scene in the movie, you know what it is, right? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, which, by the way, too, uh, you can hear the chaos in the downstairs. So you can hear oh, when uh, Peter's coming or when he's coming down. You see the piano broken, by the way, too. Right. And yeah, I, yeah. You, so, I and you, well, you see the piano broken when obviously the tool that is used for your favorite scene right. there. That's not my favorite scene. Oh, is that your favorite scene? That is her cutting off her own head with a piano wire. No, that that's not my favorite scene. What's your favorite scene? Um, Peter's asleep in bed. Dad's been burnt. Mom's possessed. And they do a long shot. Camera doesn't move of him waking up. And in the f- mother effing corner, and this in the ceiling and his wall, she's hanging there like this. Yeah, just watching him sleep. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, but uh, but I was. But Gina came into the living room at this point, and I'm just like, look, look, look. And Gina's like, what? She's like, oh my god, like that was so awesome. Yeah. This guy, like, just no sound. No sound, oh, God. no no cuts, camera doesn't move, it's dark enough, you have to see that. And for her to be like that, like in the corner, kind of remember your Ben Neck lady, you know what I mean? Just yeah, like yeah. weird and creepy, remember that? Oh, and God. then it goes to a close-up shot, and she's like kind of swimming behind him in the background. Silent. Just, Silent. To like, see the like ghost movement. Swimming. Yeah. Right, I'm just like, oh, right here, oh, this is great. You know, like that, that I enjoyed that. That's my favorite shot. That's my favorite scene in this movie. I get excited talking about it, clearly. Yeah. Like, it was, uh, it was that really was good. good. That they, was good. So they played with the sound and they, they took it away when they, when they needed to at the, the best part too. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. 
because they play with the clicks too. The the first time that I remember it, it kind of creeped me out too was when Peter was laying in bed and obviously it was just after like the traumatic uh, fight that he I think he'd had with his mm-hmm. mom and he's laying in bed and he's just obviously kind of destroyed obviously that this this thing still happened. He's trying to go to bed and then you hear the first you know and he shoots up in bed like what the hell was that? Mm-hmm. Looks in the corner tries to see you know it's kind of a figure behind his chair and he can just it's hear, her. Yeah, he hears the clicking. Oh, that I thought that was a good good detail to. Or when Anna was driving and she's in the rear view and she she hears the the clicking as well too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this the sound, I think, is very underused in a lot of horror movies. It, it it's a creepy element. Yeah, but we had we had a good decade or so of of the loud bangs that make you jump, not the silent creeps. Uh, that was better, right? We talked about that before, right? How movies did that with the loud jump scares, and um, but then, but then Peter we talked about Smile, right? I think Smile had a lot of sound. Smile had tons of sound, right? Um, we we enjoyed that one. I'm gonna go back and listen to that review. So Peter goes downstairs. He sees his dad is burnt, and she's up there in the corner again, up in the ceiling. Man, she's Ooh. up there doing that thing again, right? Doing that Spider-Man pose. You yeah. Know? And then he turns around. She's not there no more, right? And then nothing, nothing, nothing. And all of a sudden, she comes out of the shadows in the corner of the room and chases him, kind of like a zombie. Like, how? We right? see that that guy from the from the funeral. Oh, I didn't see that. Oh, you didn't what? see that? Oh my God, Jordan, you got to. There's so much so detail. So he's she was he, up in the Spider Man and up. There. Yep. After that, and he's out by the he's downstairs by the fireplace, and yeah. he turns. And in the doorway, in the dark doorway, you see this very, very light outline of one of the naked coven members there. Oh, and you yeah, see him smiling. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. They had like they had like this ash white on them. Yeah. Of. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. he okay. freaks out and he turns back, and then that's when she jumps out of that corner and starts chasing him up the stairs. Right. And then he goes up the stairs and he goes up into the attic. And of course, we get the shot that's on TikTok that we explained, right? Where he's up in the attic, and somehow she got to the ceiling. She's floating. She's possessed. She's crazy at this point. Yeah. And she's on all fours, and she's banging her head back and forth on the. That scene is creepy. And then this is where you know he sees the decapitated grandma and the flies and all these naked people, right? But then somehow she gets in from the attic. I didn't see a shot. I went back and rewound it because. He then cuts, it cuts, and it, it's a close-up of his face and his reaction. The camera pans away, and she's floating up in the air, and she's doing a piano wire to decapitate herself. But then I but then rewinded as soon as I saw that it was her, because I didn't think that was her at the time. I was like, is that grandma? Yeah. She looks really old. So then I rewound it. There was no shot of her breaking into the attic. Not that I remember, yeah. So she got in there somehow, and she is decapitating herself. Because, right? Yeah, she just follows then, him, I guess. And, it, not a... and then he flips the freak out. He jumps out of a two-story window, and he lays there, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, this blue orb comes, and boom, he's possessed. Now, I will say, I will talk about the other few shots here in a second, but after the movie ended, I was like, he got possessed? And I, and I wikied it. He died from that fall, according to the plot. Oh, really? 
Yeah, so 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 according to Wikipedia, the last paragraph, he jumps out of the second story window. Diane impact from the ground. Yep. He was a second story window. I, I would have jumped out of that that thing too, man. Like Right, but it's like it's a second story, like maybe a bruised you won't even break your bone at that height. Yeah. So I, I don't know how he's dead. I don't know how she got in the attic. Okay. All right. I was I was curious because it kind of pissed me off right there because it's like he he died upon impact. I was like, really? And I don't know if I missed something. Like I don't know if I missed a gouge in his head. I don't know. He fell on a garden bed too. So, but whatever, man. That's I mean that was a good what twenty five feet. It wouldn't kill him. But anyway, this blue orb comes. He immediately wakes up. He sees his mother's headless corpse floating up into this. treehouse and then we got all these old naked people we got this statue of the of the hand doing the thing right that we were talking about and the ritual is done he is now king yeah well i think the big giveaway too is as he was walking to the 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 treehouse he does the click i didn't notice that yeah as he was walking he himself does the thing and that's when it piece together from him like oh my god charlie was possessed the entire time mm. that's how i get piece, that that's what, what got it for me well what got it for me was when they said that this thing wants to be male and doesn't want to be female and you know what i mean well that yeah that they're looking for a uh, a male host but right. i thought that would have been separate but no when he when he clicked because that's what charlie used to do Right. Um, that's when it clicked for me. So now he is king. Now this is us thinking of the future. So what's the point now? So they have killed this family. So now, so now they're going to have a commune. They're all going to live on this, this land. And I, I mean, what's just, there's, they were successful. So I, now what's going to happen? I don't know. Maybe a party. <laughs> An orgy. I'm just, yeah, I'm just wondering, like, I mean, like, not, not eternal damnation, you know, who knows? Not that night, you know, I'm just curious, like, what's the plot now? Like, this thing is, like, this guy, is he, like, the second coming? Like, is he, is he the Antichrist at this point? I, well, here's hoping for a sequel, huh? I don't know if we're ever going to get a sequel. Let's get into our Paco ratings. So, I said at the beginning of the review that this was a scotch better. And I did that because I, I sort of believe that. Also wanted to hear your reaction. You can clearly tell in my review that I liked the movie from the decapitation of Charlie throughout the rest. Yeah. Right. Um, I think it's a it's it's definitely a better movie than Midsummer. Um, I hope this guy doesn't Shyamalan himself and make a couple of good movies and then just gets full of himself. Um, Seems to be that way with Bo is Afraid. It's it's getting kind of the same mixed reviews as Midsummer is, or is, people either they love it or they hate it. Right. I I I hated Midsummer. I've already explained it. I thought the story and the care and the acting was bad. Yeah. This I I I, I enjoyed it, and this this definitely has clickbait scenes. Oh yeah. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, Spider Man on the wall. I like how I just say Buster. So um. I don't think the plot was bad. I, I like the story better, and I like the characters better. So I gave it a bag of kernels. I gave the second movie a bag of kernels. I'm going to say this one's a solid medium. I don't think it's a large. I think we reviewed better horror movies. 
uh, or possession movies. Um, but I didn't hate it either. I just don't think that it deserves of a large yet. Maybe this is, could be a second look movie for me if you give it a large. But for me, it's fine. I may skim scenes on YouTube again in the future. So it's a it's immediate for me. What is your popcorn rating for Hereditary? So I, I'm, I'm on the fence a bit more. Like, I, I as much as I really did enjoy this movie, I, I would agree that I don't think there's enough there for me to give it a large. I would watch this movie again. Uh, I think there's a, there's so much detail in the movie that I probably missed the first or second time watching it that, again, it's one of those where I feel like the more you watch it, the more you can pick up another detail. Just because, like said, there's so much going on in the background. Um, or so much going on kind of maybe in front of you that you didn't catch the first time. I think they even make a throwaway line about how there are things that are blatantly in front of you that you will not pick up. I think that the one of the uh, the girl crush character says to Peter, actually, in, in the classroom. But, yeah, I feel like there were some elements that I would have liked to have seen more. We only got to see one element of the dollhouse really be, be used in this movie, and I think that would have been a pretty cool thing. Uh, to see a bit more of, um, I do enjoy the misdirection in this movie. Again, it really, it really did fool me thinking that Annie was going to be a bit more of the antagonist or a bit more of the, the, uh, the threat in this movie. But it, um, how it turned around that it really was the the coven. It was uh, maybe it was just kind of like the supernatural part of it, it was just kind of like meh, you know. It's like all right, I, I get it. it. It does seem like Ari Aster in both his movies seem to be going towards kind of this uh, religious kind of commentary about it. I think other movies have done the misdirection better. Uh, the Orphanage is a good one to for me to, to bring it up. Not The Orphan, The Orphanage, the Spanish Yeah, one. I know. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that that one did a, a misdirect a, a way better than this movie would, would ever do. But... I I did enjoy this movie. I I really did. Um, hmm. Like, I I want to say, I I want to. You give first, it what you want. Buddy. I'm gonna. Well, I know, I know. I'm gonna say medium. But as much as I wanted to say, I don't know. Um, I keep on thinking about the movie, and I I wonder if that if that warrants a large. But people going off saying that it's a one of the scariest horror movies ever. It's what? like, uh, people have said that. It's like, I would say it's not scary as much as it's more of a psychological trip. This is like, the same. Are these the same people that said that in the seventies, they passed out barf bags for the exorcist, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, come on. This is a fantastic feature debut for Ari Aster. I think yes. seeing this first and then seeing Midsummer may have been a, a better direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I did enjoy Midsummer. I forgot what I gave that one. I gave that one a medium as well too. Yeah, you did. Yeah, listen, these are solid movies. They really are, but they were maybe a few parts that that gave me creeps, and then the one part of the application where it just took me by surprise. Thank you sure. for that. Didn't didn't scare me. It just was like holy cow! I did not expect that thing whatsoever. But the the bump in the night, the shadow play is always going to be a movie that I'm going to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I wanted to see a little bit more from the dad, from Steve. He just mm-hmm. played again like that, 
the typical dad where he just checks out early in the movie. Yeah, he was not in it. Um, I think I would have liked to have seen a little bit more from uh, Joan. Um, but I, at the same part, I think we got you know maybe enough as that character as we as we could out of that too. I don't know if I I feel like they maybe played enough of uh, the part when uh, of the family stuff of Annie talking about her family's history a bit more. I would like I think I would have liked to hear a little bit more about her father. Uh, I think you want to give this a large. That's just it, though. You know what? Sure, I'll give it. I'll give it a large. No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, not trying to persuade you. I just know you, and I see you struggling, because I think you deep down, I think you really freaking like this movie a lot. But here's the thing: I didn't like it because of the horror elements of it. I think I liked it just because of all the detail in how well thought out everything about it was. So I'll give it a large for for that, but I can't, I cannot agree to anyone that saying that this is the scariest movie ever. Or uh, yeah, some people had said that it, this is supposed to be a one's reviewed at that. How many times though in our in our young under forty years of life have we seen a movie that's been marketed as the scariest movie of all time and it never is? Well, because the only other times that I've seen something like that, it's either been like a remake or a ripoff of something else or like an adapted thing. This seems to be very much like an original piece, right? It seems like it. I just, I'm just going back and thinking the movies when we were young. Like I remember when the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out and they said this is based on true events. And I thought young 15-year-old Jordan was like, oh my God, this actually happened? You know what? Then I'll, I'll give it a large just because it really just plays to me a bit more. And I, I, I'm trying to downplay it because I think I wanted a little bit more. Maybe it's just me being older and more of cynic uh, now. But you enjoy it, though. You Plus enjoy I, the hell out of it. I, I, I really did. It, it really just it made me think more than it made me scare or jump. And I think which is I, this is good. I, I enjoyed that. I again, the Pump of the Night movies are, are a bit more. Um, I we talked about how horror movies had this issue with their endings. And I sure. think this this was able to kind of wrap up that ending real nice. It still gave it a nice creepy ending. Whereas something like um, I liked The Conjuring a lot. Okay, that's one mm-hmm. of my I think uh, top horror movies. I think in the in the modern era, I think they just do again Ghost Bump of the Night very well. I think they play with the camera really well. But the story is generic. It's simple, right? And the ending is just kind of the same way that you'd see in any other ghost film where it's just like okay wrap it up and you know the family moves on type of thing right whereas this is not a happy ending no and everybody's dead yeah and i i think i enjoy that something that that's just bleak you know what i'm giving it large again just because of tony collette i i god damn i I love tony collette so much i Uh, mean like I'm really glad you gave it a large because I knew that you were sometimes when you struggle like this, you know, I, I know what you really want to give. So, but I'm telling you what I wanted more of in this movie. When people are saying it's a scary movie, just like, yeah, sure. But you know what? I'm putting more of the psychological part of it first. I think the director and you agree with each other. I don't think he was going into this, trying to make a scary movie. The movie's not scary. The movie has creepy elements. But the movie is psychological. Yeah, it it has a very adult, disturbing 
uh, story to it, you know, that, I mean, could, not in a lot of the scenes, but could have a group of people that are bat nuts crazy trying to murder a family. Strangers, yeah. anybody? You know what I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to compare that. I'm just saying, like, this, this, some of these things could happen. No, no, but that's, so parts like that, like the, the naked cult thing seems right. kind of, you know, it's kind of an eye roll for me. Or like the unexplained things, like we talked about, like, how, why did Steve burn? How did she get in the attic? Kind right. of those things were just kind of, you don't ask because you're caught up in, in the hype of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but still, though, I mean, I, 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 that small part, that's a gimme. Yeah, that's a gimme. Um, I have a short thing about a cult. But thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can find us out at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcast from. Eric, thank you so much for joining me, like always. And we'll be back next Thursday for another awesome episode. Have a good night. There was, <laughs> I was listening to the the Comptown podcast and they were talking about I am Sam about how oh yeah <laughs> I am Sam <laughs> it just it just how ridiculous it is about how the lawyers are just like this man is retarded he can't take care of his seven year old girl <laughs> this <laughs> man's this re- man he's retarded <laughs> he's retarded this man yeah exactly. is retarded. Jeez. Just like so all these these legal professors, and then there's <laughs> Sean Penn. <laughs> Don't take her away. Yeah. No. <laughs> We're going to hell. <laughs> I, not before it's John Penn, man. Oh, I don't. Oof. I just don't want to. I just don't want to. I just don't want a uh, coven to come at me. Jesus. <laughs>